You're listening to the Quince podcast. Manu Gandhi is a face you've seen, but probably can't quite recall, right? You know that photograph of Gandhi you saw in school, one where he's accompanied by two women as he walks to a prayer meeting just a few minutes away from his assassination by Nathuram Godse? Yes, one of those women is Mridula Gandhi, known to everyone as Manu. Manu was Gandhi's grandniece, the youngest daughter of Gandhi's nephew, Jaisuklal Amritlal Gandhi. When she was 17 years old, she joined Gandhi's Sevagram Ashram in May 1942. Only a young teenage girl who just lost her mother, Manu soon came to witness history unfolding right before her eyes. From fast for India's independence to Gandhi's yagna as he strove for the ultimate truth. Luckily for us, she wrote it all in a diary. Hello, I'm Manvi and you're listening to a special three-part podcast series by The Quint on the occasion of Mahatma Gandhi's 150th birthday on 2nd October 2019. Before I go on, let me tell you to subscribe to The Quint's channel on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify and other platforms that we are live on right now. For more podcasts, you can also log on to The Quint's website and check out our podcast section. This podcast is based on the first volume of Manu Gandhi's diaries written from 1943 to 1944. Recently, Oxford University Press has published these diaries in the form of a book called The Diary of Manu Gandhi, and the book has been translated from its original Gujarati to English by Tridip Suhru. Some of Manu's diary entries Gandhi scribbled notes on and made corrections to, like this one for instance, from 3 March 1943. Third May, nineteen forty-three. Today was the day to drink castor oil. I had thought much about ways to escape from the clutches of castor oil. One can escape from everything else, but it's not an easy thing to escape from Bapuji. At exactly five fifteen a.m., Bapuji came to my bed with a glass of castor oil, another of water and lemon, and woke me up. Today being his day of silence he said nothing I brushed my teeth and Bapuji handed to me the glass of castor oil I was certain that I would vomit but how is one to vomit in Bapuji's presence Bapuji was ready to pour it down my throat but I drank it with my own hands With great effort I gulped it down and immediately Bapuji gave me the lemon which I sucked That gave me some relief Till about nine in the morning, the foul smell did not leave my mouth. I drank water thrice. I went to the latrine only twice. Today, for the first time in my life, I drank castor oil at the hands of Bapuji. Otherwise, I would never drink castor oil, no matter whatever the insistence. But Bapuji made me drink it. The other routine activities continued. Since it was Bapuji's day of silence, I did not study with him. At the time I was scheduled to study with Sushila Ben I was asleep therefore did not study with her either I read 10 sagas of Ramayana spread over 25 pages These days Pyarelal ji has much work and does not teach me Today I wrote a letter to Murabbi Ramdas Kaka 
Even today there were heavy rains and a storm. For past many days I have not shown this book to Bapuji. I finished all my work at 10 and went to sleep. I did not spin today but henceforth I will take out half an hour daily for spinning. Today the headache was somewhat less. My head pain from morning till only about 2 p.m. after which I was cured. Gandhi signed this entry with a note where he said, "Quote, handwriting should improve. Spinning count has not been given. You should write whatever you have studied so one would know how much of that has been absorbed." Unquote. For a motherless Manu, Bapu soon took the place of a mother, father and caretaker all in one. In this undated entry, she writes of how one day Bapu taught her how to tie the drawstrings of a salwar pajama in the proper way. Bapu is more than a mother. Bapu is adept in every way, but I had complete experience of him as a mother. Bapu is Bapu and also a mother. After my mother's death, many would say to me, "Ben, mother is after all a mother. Can father ever take place of the mother?" But after having lived with Bapu, this proved to be wrong. Bapu knows well how to do all that a mother does. One morning I was fast asleep. Bapuji came to wake me up for the prayers. I slept so deeply that I would not wake up unless shaken out of bed. If someone were to say, "Manu, Manu," softly, I would not even hear. Bapu came to wake me up at five o'clock. I have the habit of fastening the drawstrings of my salwar very tight. I had won my Punjabi dress of salwar and kurta. Bapu placed his hand on me through the mosquito net. Papa could see that I had fastened my salwar very tight. He woke me up and showed me how to fasten the drawstrings. He said, "The drawstring should not be fastened so tight. This could affect health adversely. Especially at night, the knot should be loose, otherwise it prevents the flow of blood." Motiba at your age would wear the knot tight and Motiba and I had long standing quarrels about it. From this day on, I would show Bapu the way I had tied my salwar, but the habit of fastening it tight took a long time to be remedied. Bapuji cares for me in such small matters. But a teenage girl is a teenage girl after all. In an entry dated 27th June 1943, Manu writes of how her friend Sushila had her hair cut. She then writes of how she wouldn't be able to bear it if her hair was cut. Twenty-seven June, nineteen forty-three. Sushila Ben's hair is cut. Probably this new notebook was meant to begin with a note about Sushila Ben's hair being cut. Perhaps for this reason, I had not even begun a new notebook. Sushila Ben had severe dandruff before Bapuji cut her hair, and she is totally bald now. How lovely was her hair? Tears came to my eyes. Bapuji, please don't cut her hair. I pleaded, but Bapuji is not one to change his mind. They were cut off. Everyone joked and laughed about it all day long. Today I wrote letters to Kakiba, Kanti bhai and Bhagwan ji bhai. In the evening Bapu ji made account of the number of girls whose hair he has been responsible for cutting. He has cut hair of approximately 13 girls. 
Sushila Ben's hair was curly and very pretty. I was envious of her hair, but she had her hair removed with enthusiasm and a smile on her face. That is the true mark of courage. Even if I were to have my hair cut off my own volition, I would not be able to restrain my tears. There was not a drop in her eyes. In any case, weeping is a general weakness of mine, so it wouldn't be such a big thing for me. As a young girl in the ashram, Manu was immersing herself in the everyday of daily chores, learning her lessons, and taking care of Kasturba Gandhi's health, or Ba, as everyone fondly called her. But history was creeping up. India's freedom struggle was at its peak, and Manu's beloved Bapu was at the epicenter of it all. How did she observe those events? We'll talk about it in the next episode of this three-part special podcast series, which will be out on the 30th September. So stay tuned until then. And before I sign out, let me remind you to subscribe to the Quince channel on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms that we are live on right now. For more podcasts, you can also log on to the Quince website and check out our podcast section. For any feedback, drop an email at podcasts at thequint.com.